Welcome to Great Question with Mia and Kate. I'm Mia. I'm Kate. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Wouldn't it be funny sometime if we really screwed up our listeners' ears and, and said the wrong name? I think they would know. They would know. Yeah, I've got a real deep dude voice. Let's you think you have the dude voice? Out of the two of us? Absolutely. 100%. Not at all. I mean, I don't think I Trust have me. more I, of a dude voice than you, but I, I don't think we either one of us have. Maybe this is getting a little too How many specific. times have you... That's Let's true. open up our minds a little. You're right, but I'll look back and I'll ask you this question. How many times at a drive-thru have you been called sir? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Wow. Never? Never? Oh my God, at least a dozen. No. Jesus, yes. Are you like, hey, I'll take uh, number two. No, I just what? have a deep voice. Well, how are you ordering <laughs> in a fucking drive-thru? I love this podcast episode already. <laughs> what? I can't believe it's never happened either. What? No, it has never happened. I, I'm a baritone, okay? And You are I mean, not. Certainly in the morning, if you catch me. Oh, yeah. My voice is um, hella deep. No, I've definitely gone through like a McDonald's drive-thru early in the morning and just ordered like a black coffee and some hash browns. And like, all right, sir, you drive around. Oh. And then I pull up and it's like, wait, what? My God. That's never happened to me. Uh, yeah, at least a dozen times. My God. Because I'm. Your voice, like, I, I hear, okay, this is what I tell the kids. The paying audience is the truth. I hear your voice. Like, you don't, yours is not the truth, whatever sure. you're hearing inside yeah, your yeah, head. Yeah. I will say, having edited this podcast. You don't say. I listen to it, my speaking voice. I listen to way your more than I anticipated time. in life. Wow. You're going to mm-hmm. have to, like, really, speaking of edits, I laughed <laughs> so loud. That was a hearty laugh. Good. Elicited. That's the goal. Wow. Mm. That fills my soul. Jesus. All right. Well, here we go. <laughs> Another episode of this. Can't wait. What else you got going on? Well, I need to ask you how you're doing. Oh. I I'm, just, you threw me off. I'm fine. Excellent. What was I going to say? Oh, I am walking again on two <gasps> legs. That was my Thanksgiving gift from the universe. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> And then I wrecked myself mm-hmm. right off the for fucking back. No, I knew that this was a problem, and I didn't say anything because I'm too bossy anyhow. You sure are. But I checked in, and you're like, "Oh, I've already fucked myself up. I need to be back in the boot." And I was like, "Of course you do. You just went cold fucking turkey." Yeah, you sound like my physical therapist. Have you been talking to Jason? Yeah, we because he check said in. the same thing. I fill him in on the six days that he doesn't see you, surveillance style, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then I give him the report. There's a chart, a couple of videos, but I got a four letter word for both of y'all: love. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course you went too hard. Yeah, but yeah, out of the wheelie. I'm I'm off the wheels. It's it's good to be back. Walking at like a normal pace. Yeah, and no one like <laughs> giving you the aghast horror face. Yeah, I don't have to tell that same story oh, over and over again. Yeah, that's nice. Um, I was laughing hysterically earlier today because I, you know, came out of my house and walked down the stairs and I was getting into my car and I heard just the quintessential old black lady voice. It was like, girl, I know you happy. Your foot is healing. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh- <laughs> Who is talking to me right now? 
And I turned around and it was my neighbor and I was like, yes, indeed. I'm, I'm oh definitely happy. I love that. Oh, I love that. Thank you, New Orleans. Just right no there. preamble. No, mm-hmm. how you Just, doing? Yeah, Dude, didn't girl. Even know she was there. <laughs> Appreciate you. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. And then I got in my car and was just cracking. I was just like, I love old black people. <laughs> that's great. They're my favorite. That's great. I can't wait to be one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost the holiday season. Ooh. So <laughs> where's this going? I mean, like, I just want people to be aware. Mm-hmm. Christmas is not my jam. Yeah, fuck that. This is the time of year where you know people are like, oh, I didn't know you were such a Grinch. Yeah, I am. What people say that? Yeah, at least one new person every year calls me a Grinch. What the fuck? <laughs> Should I be more offended than I am? You should take notes on who they are and where they live. Uh, I'm just saying I can have a conversation with them about what a Grinch is. Oh, okay. Wow. I don't like that. You throwing hands on Christmas. Happy to. I love that. People have varying experiences of the holidays for all kinds of reasons. And yeah, that like shove it in your face, saccharine thing. Mm -hmm. That's not good for business. No, I mean, I'm one of those people that complains when you see, like, Christmas shit out on November 1st. It also (laughs) isn't special. Like, okay, so I actually like Christmas, Mm -hmm. and it's not special if it's, like, 4th of July Christmas. Like, it's year fucking round. Mm -hmm. Save it. Yeah. And then maybe we can all concentrate in the month of December, Mm -hmm. post-Thanksgiving, our goodwill. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. I just I love pine trees and I love yeah, Christmas lights. That's good. I'm happy for you. Yeah, but it's okay to not like Christmas. Yeah. Like I don't I don't know why people like oh no you're such a Grinch. I don't need you, and I have a relationship with you to mm-hmm. love Christmas. So why yeah. why make a fucking comment? I've heard people in the last two weeks make fucking comments about people's weight, about people's like gender identity, like to them. Oh, no. Like, hey, it looks like you're packing on a few pounds. What? what? Like, nah. The shit that comes out of people's mouth, which I am also somebody who, like, shit just comes out of my mouth. We all um, are at times. Yeah. yeah, I get it. But it's just like, man, why comment? You got two ears, one mouth. That's it. Ears open, mouth shut is what I tell my ensemble. Mm. Let's check in on your media consumption. Man. What's popping? I finished one batshit book. Um, and then I watched the new Casey Anthony documentary. Let's on talk about that shit. I sat down and I'm sure that I'm one of millions of people who sat down and was like, let me hear what this bitch has to say. Oh yeah. I remember typing to you. <sighs> no, she's fucking crazy. She yeah. did it. Yeah. And I, she did not do it. All right. Let's just like Woo! zero pretenses. That. I I was so mind blown by having this thing that was like part of my life. Yeah. I just, I remember that white car. Mm-hmm. I remember like Florida thinking like a fucking course. Yeah. Just everything about it. And I, I thought I knew, and I'm one of those people in the documentary yeah. saying like, I thought I knew. Yeah. I didn't know. I know. But Jesus H. Christ, yeah, it, she didn't do it. And people are saying that she killed her child. Yeah. Not and just like killed somebody. She's going to live with that for the rest of her life. Yeah. People are like, Casey, oh, Anthony, you yeah. know, like. And it I'm doesn't even matter. I, yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't. 
the other thing that's crazy to me is that the only people she hangs out with are her defense team. My God, that was... That's the saddest fucking it really existence. Sad. It was really, really she, sad. Because she can't. Yeah. Unless she wants to completely abandon everything and everyone yeah. that got her through the hardest time of her life mm-hmm. and go move to, like, the Netherlands or something yeah. and start over. Yeah. It's just fucking... I remember I had not watched it yet. Mm-hmm. And you... We're scream texting. Oh my God. You're Ooh. like, wait, fam. OMG. OMG. Oh my God. And I'm like, yeah. what is even happening? And you couldn't tell me. No. And then watching it, man. Whoo-wee. It, and this isn't a spoiler and it's not even me really We've already exaggerating. It. It's one of the most disturbing things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, you know, it's just someone speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. totally changed everything for me. And I was like, oh, my God. But like the tag for the documentary on this ad that they keep running is I lied, but no one asked me why. And it's oh, like, I and God. she explained it so clearly and easily. And I was like, of course you lied. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Or like, of course, that was even just your personal affect at the yeah. time. It was particularly jarring for me because I was a pathological liar as a child. And it was for similar reasons. And I got in trouble all the time for it. Mm. And I, it took a really long time for me to reprogram my brain. And it almost happened in the same way that she explains it. Like I'm oftentimes way too honest with people Mm. and I give way too much detail and everybody's like, please calm down. (laughs) But it's because that was how I processed a lot of my trauma Hmm was creating whatever reality that person needed who I was mm. talking to. In my brain, I could keep myself safe. Yeah, like even keel safe. Yeah, and so that. seeing that in someone else was like, well, f- of course. Yeah, as soon as, remember when I started watching, I was yes. like, oh, she's been through fucking trauma, and they hadn't yeah. said it yet, but as soon as I was like, oh, mm-hmm. she has PTSD, and yeah. like, is... And you can see it. Like, she carries it with her. Yep. And the interesting thing that sort of threw me off was that the first half of the first episode felt very scripted and prepared. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, it's like that was what they prepped for in pre-production. Yeah. And then you and very like, see clearly where see yeah. where all that goes out the window. And it's mm-hmm. just like, this woman is just crying in her car. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is what she does every day. Like, what? Yep. Fuck. Wild. Wild. Everyone should watch it. Like, yeah, honestly, like it I don't was even... such a huge part of culture. Yeah, it was OJ and Casey Anthony. Mm-hmm. Very revelatory. Ooh, <laughs> man. <sighs> what else are you getting into? Are you getting into anything else? Uh, I am, and it's not gonna. It's gonna pale in comparison <laughs> to that shit. Um. <laughs> so Tammy and George. This is some white people shit. Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. George, George Jones. Uh-huh. Sure. George Jet. George Jones. Yes. Um I knew where you were going. This is like rhinestone jumpsuit era mm. of Ryman Theater, old Opry yeah, yeah, yeah. type stuff. Are you um, talking about Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain? I was about to say those names. Because oh. one, you know I don't ever know people. Okay. I w- I didn't know the name of the movie, so I went with the people who were in the movie. TV show, first of all. Oh, it's a TV show. Yeah, on Showtime. Oh. So I love Michael Shannon. Okay. I think, I guess it started in Boardwalk Empire. Yeah. I was worried that I liked what he did with a type and he would like, you know, mm-hmm. Ross Geller it and yeah. you're, you're always that. 
but he's playing George Jones and it's I'm one episode in and I think I'm gonna like it. Okay. It's like rootin' tootin'. I mean, I'm a sucker for music biopics. Yeah. I always have been. Yeah. Um, can we say biopics? It should be that, but it is not. But can we? No. Oh. Okay, so I think we like got real excited. <laughs> and maybe need to recharge. Yes. For a little commercial break. Yeah, let's take a quick break. All right. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, y'all. Mia Borders here. Thank you so much for listening to Great Question with Mia and Kate. If you'd like more of this delightfulness, please head over to patreon.com slash Mia Borders for early and ad-free access to this podcast, as well as exclusive extended episodes. What? We'll see you over there. Patreon.com slash Mia Borders. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-I-A-B-O-R-D-E-R-S. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Great Question. Are you ready? We back. <laughs> I guess I'm ready. I don't know. Okay. Very threatened by the intensity um, of, of your gaze right now. No, I went hard last time. I'm not going to go as hard this time. Okay. In this, our penultimate episode. You want bigger little first? You know I love that word. I know you do. Do you know that, though? I do. I love that word. Because um, <laughs> it's also... Anyhow. <laughs> self-edit button yeah, like, no we're good um yeah. bigger little huh yeah it's cool little okay yeah it's cute what's your favorite book is this a little question um the bite no um, <laughs> i'm gonna give you two answers good because i'm gonna give you two answers okay nice good. this is not a fair answer i'm gonna fully acknowledge that Actually, How? there's no such thing as an I'm going to give you three answers. Okay. <laughs> Getting right. real comfortable. So I was not on the book one or two, maybe even three bandwagon yet for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was when three came out. Okay. And I was like, well, fuck it. I'll just read whatever this is. Children's books. Because um, it came out well into my adulthood. Not well into your adulthood. Do you want to Google it? Yeah. Google it. Yeah, take a sip. Uh, 1999? Azkaban? This is 8th of July, 1999, book three? That cannot be right. Even Pete's upset about that. That's crazy because I read, I got the first one in paperback in eighth grade. Uh oh. I'm fucked up on this. No, this man. is fucked <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's talk about this. Okay, so my my umbrella answer is I really actually did love the Harry Potter series. Mm-hmm. Problematic now that we know what's up with J.K. Rowling's brain. She a whole mess. Anyhow, okay. So that's my big umbrella answer. Okay. And then drill down to mine is book six for two reasons. Half-Blood Prince. Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> because, one, it came out when I was in Ireland. This makes sense. Okay, I was in Ireland in 2005. Mm-hmm. And that was released in the week that we were in Ireland. And we were in the Blasket Islands at this fucking gift shop that was like this art exhibit gift shop. So it was not mm. like a bookstore. Yeah. And I was hearing the the book was selling out everywhere. And I saw the UK version. Ooh. And I bowled over these two little children. Not little children. They were like eh, fuck 12-year-old <laughs> girls. 
and I just knocked them the fuck over and grabbed the last copy. Yes! Um, and then I spent too much time in the tour bus and not enough time exploring my heritage. But it's a great book. And I also love the history of a mythology. And that that really is the, like, where did the Horcruxes come from? Yeah. And I have all of the, you know, those, like, little note taker things that are, like, post-it notes, but they're little flags. Mm-hmm. I have a book riddled with those in what I thought could be possible Horcruxes. Whoa. And I went back to book five and figured that out. There were some missed opportunities in her writing is all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, your nerd is showing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me go in on like the research. Oh, my God. Yes. Whoa. So that's my first answer. <laughs> Whoa. Very long first answer. Second answer is, and it's I guess it's like chilled, like YA or kid, little kid stuff. Um, A Bridge to Terabithia. Fuck yeah. Ooh, come on. I just I will say that one because it felt like a grown up book for a very young Kate. Mm-hmm. And then it just fucking ruined me. Yeah. At the end. Mm-hmm. And then like growing up through that, you know, thinking about the story is like this, you know, you create a reality and there's this like special link to your actual like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just there's a lot of um, analogy there and it was it was a really well written book oh yeah it holds up yeah um and then i'll cite home for a bunny which is a infant's book that my parents if they're listening are rooting for me to say so shout out (laughs) home for a bunny yeah spring 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 said the bunny only i couldn't pronounce my r's oh yeah do it spring oh also the two of us teach music (laughs) so there you go you know too much about me now. I love it. Okay. I cannot believe this is your little question. Is Knowing me? you, who is wearing a book nerd shirt I right now. Am. It says book nerd. This gonna be the post pick. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. You can, I mean, I gave multiple tiers, so. Okay. Do your blurs. You just, uh, before I get into my real picks, I'm going to shout out The Giver because it was mm. my first book that felt like I was reading a, a an adult book. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My favorite nonfiction book. Oh, here we go. Um, Jesus. No, actually, I'll start. Favorite fiction book is Fahrenheit 451. Oh, uh, a dog dies in that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't read it. <laughs> I, like, opted out when okay. we had to read it in school. I was like, nah, protest. Wow. All yeah. right. But yeah. I hear it's good. <laughs> People really like it. It's. <laughs> I don't give... A lot of five-star book reviews on my Goodreads Jesus. profile. Uh-huh. But it is one of three books that's gotten five stars from me. Wow. I mean, Ray Bradbury is just a master of the craft. Of creeping us out with predictions of how our lives are going to be? <laughs> sure the fuck is. Yeah. It's, the characters are so rich. Michael Shannon is in the film adaptation on HBO with Michael B. Jordan. Is the dog in the movie? Probably, yeah. Fuck. I'm out. I mean, I can watch it again and, and like mark yeah, the you time. You let me know. Yeah. So Fahrenheit 451. Fahrenheit 451 is just beginning to end. That's how you write a novel. Great. Nailed it. Fuck you, Joseph Campbell. <laughs> uh, nonfiction is called The Color of Water. By oh, James McBride. My. No. God. No. 
Why are you looking at me like that? I really like that book. I didn't it's... think people knew about that book. What? Are we learning about each I'm... other right now? Is that the purpose of this podcast? I have to get you another Christmas gift. Um, <laughs> eventually, I buy oh. that book for all my people. No, I read it in, I guess, high school. No, that doesn't make any sense. I think it would have been a little bit later. I read it for something, mm-hmm. and I really, really liked it. You should be about the audiobook. Okay. It's Is good. it him? It's him and an old Jewish woman, Ooh. and she's great, too. If you don't know it, it's about a black man who was raised by his single white Jewish mother and their relationship and their dynamic over the years. It's written half from his perspective, half from her perspective. And it blew my mind. I'd never really gotten into nonfiction. I was a senior in high school and it was our assigned reading. And uh, he came and and spoke with us. No fuck away. Oh, yeah, they did that. They would assign a book every summer for us to read. And then the author would come in. Oh, cool. um, In the fall and talk to us. Oh, I used to hate that. Read this book over the summer. I fucking love it. All quiet on the Western front. Go fuck yourself. Fuck, I can't believe we're still on the little question. That's my bad. Um, This is great, though. I love this. Yeah, The Colored Water. It just... It resonated a lot with me, with my dynamic, with my grandmother raising me. And like I said, I hadn't fucked with nonfiction before. And it opened my mind up to that world, not just as a reader, but as a writer as well. I'd never really mm. thought about writing nonfiction. And now I, I wound up writing a bunch of it. So yeah, I can't believe that you know that book. That blew me away. Books, man. You just like, I feel like you cracked a, a part of my brain open that I just like, can't think about. And I'm like just rattling off book titles that I loved in my head. That was our little question. Whew. Well, I mean, who knows? This big question, question this big question just might not hit. So okay. who knows? Are you ready? I, I guess. All right. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? Moving to New Orleans. Okay. Right there. Period. <laughs> Tell us about that. Oh, are you going to want to hear this story? Why wouldn't I? how I didn't want to move to New Orleans. I've heard that part of it. <laughs> um, I am a jazz musician who is an asshole and didn't want to come to the place where it was codified as our nation's greatest export out of our nation's greatest sin. And it was just too hot. I was like, eh, fuck that place. It's too hot down there. And it was never, it was on a list of like no goes to live. Like to come down and visit would have been cool. I had never been here before I moved here. Mm. I had, so I was living in Pennsylvania after grad school with my absolute beloved dog. He was 15 when I came home from grad school. And I was like, well, you know. He needs me because he's he's really old and decrepit. No, Mm -hmm. he was like, I'm going to live for three and a half more years. (laughs) And change was not good for him. And like Mm -hmm. he just he needed to stay in Pennsylvania. So uh, I made that sacrifice not in any quiet way. I let everybody know how fucking miserable I was to live in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. And then the whole plan was to go back to live in in Minneapolis Mm -hmm. Um, because that's where I had had left Minnesota and and all my my friends were there and and music was there and so he he passes in July and 
I start like I quit the job immediately that I had. <laughs> I like I left them high and dry. I gave them two weeks notice, but like I just left. Yeah. And then I was dating my fiance, my current fiance at the time. We were really just like starting out trying to figure out what was possible and it was like well do you want to move to Chicago where he was and I was like no fuck that place is too big and I get road rage too easily how about you move to Minneapolis and he's like yeah okay we can try that and so I signed a lease on November I'm sure he's gonna love me telling the story he listens to every episode right away by the way he told nice! me that. he's like super proud he'll bring it up be like hey that little question nice um, shout out Brian <laughs> he uh I, I moved to Minneapolis on November 1st 2011 and not three weeks later, he calls and says, hey, I got a job that I can't pass up. Mm. And it's in New Orleans. It was just one of those like this is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, it was a huge risk for me because I didn't know anybody here. We had never lived in the same zip code before. Mm. And my dad was just like squinting hard, like for a dude. <laughs> I like made a pie chart explaining, like, well, I save this much on rent, Dad. Like, fuck. wow. And my friends were super upset, and I was super upset, and I gave Brian such a hard fucking time, of like, man, I thought we were coming to Minneapolis, and we didn't. Mm. Um, and we were. I signed on for three years in New Orleans. Um, I moved here on April twenty ninth, two thousand and twelve. Okay. And it's uh, December 7th, 2022. Yeah. Um, so that was a fucking risk, but I got some some pretty good rewards out of it. Okay. The job that I have, I don't know. I was working as a, I was doing music, but I was working as a, um, at a Montessori school mm. in St. Paul. And it was like cute and cool, but like it was just day job. Yeah. And... I was like, well, I guess like nothing's popping here. So I'll go down there for a quick minute, figure it out, and then come back. And the job I have here has done incredible things for me and my life and um, the people I've met through that. But then also, I got a, I got a bestie out of this risk. So Uh-oh. his name is Pete the dog. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, and he's looking at me like a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah, see, see, I told you we were best I have friends. friends too. <laughs> She's not yours. Um, no, really, like, that's absolutely the biggest risk I've ever, I've ever taken was moving with a dude that I hadn't. We'd been dating for like a year and a half, but had never lived in the same zip code and a city I've never been to and a climate that I still despise. Um, I hear about all the time. Yeah, everybody hears about all the time. And Mm -hmm. poor Brian still hears about this move that he forced. It is, I was thinking about this today. It's a city, it's so hard to live here sometimes. But then, Mm -hmm. like, looking at other places is just like, where is any of the joie de vivre? Or where is any of the spice of, of, you can't tell what's going to happen from one minute. Some Mm -hmm. minute, a lady's going to be hollering about your... Leg being all healed up from mm-hmm. the from the porch, and I don't yeah. think you get that in like ninety eight percent of the rest of the country. And also, like living in a city where, like for the most part, white minority city is mm-hmm. a nice thing for somebody who grew up in a pretty white majority area and didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And then it's nice to live in a more diverse yeah community, whether that could be made better or not. 
yeah. remains to be seen. But yeah, I didn't know that it was all sight unseen. Whoa. Yep. And then I came down. I was like, where the fuck are the right angles? <laughs> <laughs> What's this dog masquerading as a fucking roach that's running across my floor? Yes. Ugh. Jesus. Yes. All right. How about you? Um, I'd say it's a little bit twofold. Whoa. The first one was actually staying in New Orleans. Mm. Um, Wait, are you just copying my answer right now? No. Okay. <laughs> um, I was enrolled in film school in Savannah. Uh-huh. I deferred for a year just before Katrina. Just literally the week before. I was like, I want to take a gap year. Wait, wait, wait. Like August 2005? Yeah. I had just turned 18. Okay. So I sent a letter of deferment to Savannah College of Art and Design. Wow. Because my senior year of boarding school was a shit show. Emotionally, we all became adults overnight and we're dealing with real adult shit. Mm -hmm. And I needed a break. Sure. And then Katrina happened like 10 days later. It was like, oh, I was going to take a gap year any fucking way. Yeah. And then, you know, I eventually made my way back to New Orleans and started working, you know, just at a restaurant with every intention of going to film school in the fall. And then two very pivotal things happened. I met someone and I, you know, we were in a relationship. And the other thing was that I'd started a band. Um, How'd that work out? It worked out. (laughs) Um, One of those things worked out (laughs) really well. Yeah. So, you know, it just got closer and closer to August again. And I was supposed to go to Savannah. And I made the decision to stay and see through both of these things. And so then I went to Loyola for four years. They were throwing. Hey, shout out. They were throwing money at people. That fall. I bet. Um, I fucking bet. Desperate. Um, And so then, you know, senior year started and I was looking at grad schools and and law schools and figuring out what I was going to do. And I was a paralegal. I worked as a paralegal the summer before my senior year and into my senior year. I didn't realize that that started in college. Yeah. Okay. But I became very depressed working in that law office. And the whole time, any law office, like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole time it was working up to me going to law school. And then I just realized that I didn't want to do it. And my manager at the time, you know, was itching to get me to go on the road more and to pursue music full time. And I didn't really have a safety net, (laughs) but I just I did it. And so I didn't go to grad school. And that decision Haunts me sometimes. <laughs> oh. Well, cheers to risks, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think in the end, they all paid off. Sure. I'm not one to look back and regret because I, I wouldn't be where I am without those decisions, um, mm-hmm. without that horribly failed relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, without working at Loyola, I probably would not have met you had I not been an alumna of Loyola. Because that was really the only reason I was brought back into the fold was because I was alumni. Hmm. So, 
Look at us coming together. Making a podcast. Look at us now. Watch out. Was that you singing our theme song? Yeah, man. To this podcast? Shout out to Rob Lee, by the way, because his name is in the credits and I've never said his name on the podcast. It's a banger. We made that song. It's called The Welcome Wagon. The lyrics are so explicit that they will never be aired on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't like the title. But that beats. I don't like the lyric content. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Really lucked out on that one. Thanks for writing filthy music that you can't release. Yeah. Like I I could never sing that song in front of people. There are some songs that I've released. I can't believe I've ever sung in front of people. And so this one takes the cake. This one. (laughs) Yeah. You haven't heard the lyrics yet, have you? I told you the hook, though. Yeah. Yeah. Heinous. (laughs) Not heinous. It's clever. (laughs) (laughs) Is that this episode's title? It's not heinous. It's clever. Ooh, it could be. Man, I had a lot of fun. I that was those were great questions. This was quite a penultimate episode. <laughs> wow. Uh oh. All right. Pete's chiming in. Pete's getting fired up. That probably means that means it's time to get the fuck out of yeah. here. <laughs> Something's coming. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this with your people. Share and this also, with people who aren't your people. Share it with anybody. Share it with a stranger. Yeah. We got one more episode coming before we take a little break. Mm-hmm. I hear it's gonna be it's gonna be a banger. Uh oh! Watch out! I look forward to it. Can't wait. Bye bye. We'll see you next time. Catching on the flip. Yeah.